Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Before I begin, we have a few announcements. The first thing is that for the first 20 or 30 minutes, I'm going to be addressing the youth of Stenger, which means anyone who is not from Stenger and anyone who is not from youth, even if they may be in Sunnah Itikaf, they should move a bit towards the back. Stay in the hall, but don't leave the hall. And those who are from Stenger and are youth, or like to consider themselves youth or from Stenger, they should come towards the front. Second announcement for Sunnat Muttakifin. For Sunnah Muttakifin, I will, you sit, you keep sitting. Sunnah Muttakifin, we are first meeting you in groups based on the area that you're from. Even if you may just be one person from that area. And then once we meet you as a group, then we'll meet some of you as individuals. Now, alhamdulillah, we were able to meet the foreigners group and ulama group and Cape Town group. We need a little bit of your help in trying to identify this Gauteng group. So what we're going to do tonight is that we're going to call all of the people from Johannesburg area to one side. And meanwhile, I will meet the ladysmith slash escort slash whatever else fits with that. Matab Natal minus Durban. Put it that way. Does that make sense? Yes. Natal minus Durban is one group. German are getting upset. Why are we being minused? Huh? Because you'll be plus later. Don't worry. Huh? Natal minus Durban and later it'll be Durban plus no one else. Hmm. But for Johannesburg and there are a few of you from those other areas I can't remember what they're called. Rauteng. Hmm? But first we begin with the Stenger youth, subhanAllah. All right. Where is that Sheikh Umar Mukhtar? He asked the comment. Huh? Huh? comes the youth program for Matarang. Huh? No, but. Oh, yeah, Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. Wa salamu ala ibadihi ladhin astafa amma ba'd. Fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani rajimi bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa an laysal al-insani illa ma sa'a. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamu ala al-mursaleena walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad. Wa ala adi sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Being from the youth of Stenger, <coughs> you've been blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this community, with this masjid. You've had many mashayikh, ulama visit. Many of you have parents who were close to those mashayikh and ulama. Many of you, your homes, different mashayikh and ulama have come to you, sat with you, stayed with you, ate with you. And then you have ZMS, your favorite place in the world. Huh? Subhanallah, Zakaria Muslim School, named after Hazrat Sheikh Al-Adis, Ramatulayla. Hmm? The problem is that even though you have all of these things, you have to choose it for yourself. And sometimes what happens is if you get everything on a plate, then you don't feel hungry yourself. Hmm? So some of you are in that situation. 
that you got a lot of deen from Allah Ta'ala on your plate, but you don't feel hungry for it. Hmm? You don't feel hungry for it. So this is what you want. You want to get your own hunger. Now there are two ways we could try to make that happen. You see, when somebody grows up in the house of deen, but we want them to choose that house themselves, not because they were born in it. So one way is to put them out of the house, to take them out of the house. But then there's a danger. If we take you out of the house of deen and then we ask you to come in the door yourself, there's a danger you might get lost out there. There's a danger you might forget the door. There's a danger you might not choose the door and come back in. So there's a second option. Is that without putting you outside the house, keeping you inside the house, you like the house yourself. Hmm? You get happy that Ya Rabbi Kareem, you, you raised me in this environment of deen. So this is the challenge that you people face, especially youth of Stenger. Because it's a very small community, small town. Hmm? All of you know each other. Hmm? You're all cousins and related to each other. Allah Akbar. You have to make that choice. So, shaitan is going to put some other choices in front of you. Hmm? First, shaitan may try to make you look with dreamy eyes at the big city, Durban, subhanAllah, and the beach. La hawla wa la illa billah. The big city beach of Durban. So, can't you see that even the Durban people are coming here? They're choosing Stenger. Yeah. Durban people coming to Stenger Masjid. And Stenger youth dreaming of Durban Beach. Hmm? You have to be careful. You have to be careful of these places. These places are fitna. You leave the beaches of this world, Allah Ta'ala will give you the beaches of Jannah. Hmm? Yeah. You leave the sights of this world. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala will take you sightseeing in Jannah, inshallah. It's a big difference. Big difference. Hmm? You have to resist these temptations. You have to resist these things. Hmm? So much fitna now in this world. And you are of that age group that you were born and raised. Hmm? Some people, they were born and raised on their mother's milk. And then came generation, they were born and raised on formula milk. And then came your generation, you were born and raised on internet and iPad. Huh? Yeah. Even two years old, mashallah. Hmm? Samajay? Hmm? Huh? Allah Akbar? Hmm? That finger that you raise in shahada, when you say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Hmm? That same finger. Hmm? So you need to be careful of the screen. The screen is a big fitna for you. Whether that screen is called iPad, that screen is called laptop, that screen is called monitor, or that screen is called TV, or that screen is called smartphone, that screen is a big fitna for you. Hmm? All types of sin on that screen, all types of idle things on that screen. You should make your screen Quran al-Kareem. You should make your screen the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Which is screen is what you stare at. Screen is what you look at. Screen is what you're interested in. Screen is what you're focused in. If you give your heart to deen and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
If you give your heart to the deen of Sunnah of Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then that screen won't be able to hurt you ever again. Yes, it can be like that. It will never be able to hurt you ever, ever again. But if you don't make that deal, then you're always in danger. Always in danger when you're near the screen. Hmm? And the next fitna you have to be careful is the bad friend. The bad friend. Imam Ramta he wrote that the bad friend is like a snake. The bad friend is like a snake. And the snake, it stings you. Hmm? The snake bites you. The snake has poison. But what happens, people, they like the snake. And they like to touch the snake. And they like to feel the snake. Hmm? They like the nice, soft, sublime, leathery feel of the snake. But then the snake bites you. Hmm? Then Imam Ghazayat, he wrote that the bad friend is like shaitan. Allah Akbar. Bad friend is like shaitan. Then he said the bad friend is even worse than shaitan. Even worse than shaitan. Why? Because if shaitan tries to make you go astray, all shaitan will do is whisper. But the bad friend, he won't just whisper. He will whisper. He will talk. He will pressure. Peer pressure. He will take your hand. He will grab your hand. He will take you all the way to sin and he won't let go of your hand until you finish that sin. That's even worse. That's even worse. If the snake bites you, the worst that could happen is you die of that poison and you enter your grave. If the bad friend bites you, the worst that could happen, you get spiritual poison, you enter Jahannam. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. You should try to keep good friends. So I'll give you a very simple rule on keeping friends. Rule number one. Try to be friends with those boys who are trying to be friends with Allah Ta'ala. Try to be friends. Try to be friends with those boys who are trying to be friends with Allah. Very simple rule. Rule number two. Try not Try not to be friends with those boys who are trying not to be friends with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? If they don't pray, it means he's trying. Don't think it's lazy. If he's not praying, me, he's trying not to be the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he doesn't speak the truth, he's trying not to be the friend with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he doesn't stay away from girls, He's trying not to be the friend with Allah Ta'ala. So anybody who's trying not to be the friend of Allah, you try not to be their friend. That's it. If you follow these two simple rules, you will be saved from all bad friends. Then what will you get? You will get good friend. So what's the advantage of having a good friend? So when you have a good friend in our deen, it's like sneakers. You know sneakers? Sneakers, joggers, tennis shoes. Hmm? So what does it mean sneakers? So you may have seen this as your kids. So you have your own pair of sneakers. But because they're your own, you don't really notice how worn out they've become. You don't notice how gray they are. You don't notice how wrinkled they are. Until your friend gets brand new sneakers. And then when your friend gets brand new sneakers, and you're standing next to him, and you look down and you see his sneaker, and you see your sneaker, 
then you realize how worn and old and dirty your sneaker has become. So the good friend is like the new sneaker. That when you're with them and you're near them, you realize how worn and dirty your heart has become. Hmm? A good friend, Nabi Akareem, he explained, is like perfume, itr, fragrance. It's not possible to be near the perfume except you get the fragrance from that scent. And the bad friend is like the furnace that the blacksmith and the metalsmith works with. It's not possible to be near the furnace except you feel the heat of that fire. And there's danger that you might even get burnt by the heat and the coals of that fire. And the worst friend of all is the screen. Hmm? You know, and then when you, if, you, if you start with this sin now, then when you grow up, it's very difficult. Our Sheikh used to say that even though they have a wife, they still prefer Wi-Fi. Allah <laughs> Akbar? Huh? Yeah? They have wife, but they still prefer Wi-Fi. La hawla wa la la billah. Huh? Hmm? And those of your parents who are here, no Wi-Fi in your house. Hmm? You should have a wired internet in your house. And that wire should go to a nice big 21-inch plus plasma screen that is in your living room. And then you give your child the keyboard and the mouse, you should do whatever you want in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. And you do whatever you want on the computer, but you do it in the living room in front of everyone. And then everything will be fine. Then if they want to play their soccer or racing car game or whatever else they do, no problem. They can play that in the living room in front of everyone. Wired internet. But don't worry. I told your parents, 21 inch plus plasma screen. <laughs> yeah. So you should be happy. Huh? The bigger the screen, the better. Huh? But it has to be in the living room, main room, family room, center room, public room, sitting room. Hmm? So simple. But some of your parents, they don't understand these things. Huh? They have their own Wi-Fi issues. Hmm? Or they have Wi-Fi. And then you get the Wi-Fi. Hmm? Your youth, you know, is a golden period. Youth is a golden period. The Arabs used to raise their children by telling them a poem. And that poem was that, O oh, young men, if you do not attain greatness by the age of 20, O oh, young men, if you do not attain greatness by the age of 20, you will never attain greatness at all. So what does it mean? What you think a 40-year-old is, and I want all of you who are under 20, I want you to imagine what would it be like to be 40. That you probably think a 40-year-old is an old man, 40-year-old would be very mature, 40-year-old would be very serious. What you think 40 is, Deen says that is what a 20-year-old should be. That's what Islam says. You should be like that when you're 20. You know, there were great people in our ummah. Muhammad bin Qasim, ta'ala. he was a great general. At the age of 16, he was general of the army. Huh? General of an entire army. He brought deen of Islam into the whole Indian subcontinent in Sindh. And some of you, you're 16, and you can't even keep your room clean. Huh? Yeah? 
Imam al-Shafi rahimahullah ta'ala. When he was 16, he gave fatwa. When he was 16, he was like Supreme Court judge at the age of 16. So don't underestimate the power of your youth, how much you can do. Hmm? When a person crosses 12, you become an adult. 12. <laughs> yeah. You thought, oh, that comes later. Because the West came up with a big fitna, and that's called teenager. So they try to teach you that you're not an adult, but you're not a child. You're a teenager. What does that mean? So their concept of teenager is that you should do everything and try everything and taste everything and experiment everything and later when you grow up, when you grow up, like that's going to happen later, then you can decide. No, Dean says something different. When you're 12, you've grown up. In Dean, there's no teenager. There's child that's before 12. There's adult that starts at 12. That's it. If you're 12 and above, you are a man. You have grown up. It's time to grow up. Hmm? It's time to grow up. And some of you in your 20s and 30s, mashallah, you also need to grow up. Hmm? Physically 20 and 30, huh? but emotionally, spiritually still 12. Hmm? You need to be role models for your children. Your children need to see that this 35-year-old, 40-year-old father of mine is a murder the moment. Hmm? He's salih. He's zakir. Hmm? It will flow. All these things, family, Allah Ta'ala has made the flow of family go down. The father flows into the heart of the son. The mother flows into the heart of the daughter. Hmm? And it's important as children, you should be attached to masjid. You should be attached to imams. You should be attached to your hifs instructors. You should be attached to your teachers. You should be attached to ulama. You should be attached to mashayikh. You should do all the things that a grown-up does. Because like I told you, once you hit 12, you've grown up. Whether you like it or not, you've grown up. You've grown up. This iman that Allah Ta'ala put in your heart is very strong. Allah Ta'ala has put turbocharged iman in your heart. Hmm? Super turbo iman is in your heart. You have to use it. Hmm? Let me give you an example. Imagine grandma. Somebody gives grandma a Ferrari. Huh? What's grandma going to do with Ferrari? The grandma will drive at five miles an hour. Huh? So then what will you say? You will say, move over grandma. You give me Ferrari. Hmm? But just like that, the iman in your heart is a Ferrari. Hmm? And you're driving it like grandma. Hmm? You're going very slow. <laughs> when you hit 12, you should be the race car driver of your iman. Subhanallah. You should race the iman. Hmm? In New York English, we call it, put the pedal to the metal. Oh, we put the pedal to the metal. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. Hmm? Huh? You should floor it. Hmm? That's what you should do when you're 12. Deep in Iman, deep in Sunnah, deep in Salah. Don't go slow. Why are you going slow? Hmm? You should outpace the el- each other. You should be racing with each other. That's how deep you should go. For you, you will get this in the masjid. You will get this in the darloom. You will get this in the maktab. You will get this in the madrasa. You won't be able to get it out there in the society. 
The society doesn't have this concept. The society wants you to do something else. The society also wants in a twisted way that when you're 12 you should also be an adult. But they have it in a twisted way. They want you also to race to things but they want you to race to sin. They want you to race to sin. And Deen wants you to race to Allah. Deen wants you to race to Sunnah. It's your choice. It's your choice. Hmm? Which one do you want to choose? Which one do you want for yourself? And you must follow the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We have seen that the young boys, if they like some soccer star, then they like to wear his number. They get the jersey. Huh? Number 13. Hmm? On the back. Huh? It says, Amla. Huh? Subhanallah. Hmm? So, who is your greatest celebrity? Your greatest star that is Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why don't you want to wear his colors? Why don't you want to wear his number? Hmm? Why? Allah Ta'ala selected you for his team. You have been selected for the team of Ummat Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I don't know if you, but when we were young and we used to play sports, so if there were a whole bunch of boys in the playground, so we would just make randomly two of them captains. And then the two would be captain, and then each one would select members for their team. Right? And every boy wanted to get selected first, wanted to get selected early. Hmm? They'd be happy. And if one of those captains was a really good player, so you'd want, oh, I hope he selects me. Hmm? And then if he selected me, you'd be very happy. Oh, I got selected on the winning team. I get selected on the team that's going to win. Oh, there's one winning team that's called Ummat Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Ta'ala selected you to be part of that team. Allah Akbar, you should be happy. You should be so happy that Ya Rabbi Kareem, you selected me for team of deen, for team of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for team of Islam. You should be proud, you should wear the colors, you should wear the jersey, you should be strong member of that team. Oh, mashallah, we want you boys to become captain of the team. Oh, to become captains of this team. You can do it. It's all there for you. It's just your choice. It's just your choice. Then your parents. You have to be very good to your parents. Very kind to your parents. Be helpful to your parents. Try to listen to your parents. Try to get the du'as of your parents. Try to make your parents happy with you. And if you have any problem in your life, you have any sadness in your life, your parents are, you are not happy with them, you must go help, you must seek help from someone. You must go to Imam, you must go to your Maktab teacher, you must go to these other twenties who are doing khidmat, you must go to Mufti Talha. Ah, subhanallah. Ah, hmm? Yes, you must share. Never keep anything inside. Never keep anything inside. Anytime you feel any sorrow, any sadness, you must get help for that. Allah Ta'ala will send somebody to help you. Allah Ta'ala will send somebody to guide you. You are too young to try to manage these things on your own. Hmm? If you don't, the society wants that you shouldn't go to anyone. You shouldn't go to deen. You should just go to sin. You feel lonely, go to sin. You feel sad, go to sin. You feel depressed, go to sin. You have free time, go to sin. You have term vacations, go to sin. All the time society just wants one thing, that you go to sin. 
You should want one thing, I go to deen. I go to deen. I'm sad, I will look at deen. I feel lonely, I will find deen. I have vacation, I'm going to find deen. Whatever happens, you must turn to deen. Don't wait. Hmm? You say, don't wait, it will become too late. Don't wait, it will become too late. Hmm? You should also try to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's one zikr our Mashaik teach. It's called secret zikr. It's called secret zikr. Zikr is sirri, zikr is khafi. Secret zikr. So should I tell you how to make secret zikr? I tell you how to make secret zikr? But there won't be secret anymore. Huh? If I tell you how to make secret zikr? Subhanallah. And then all the other people are watching me and you right now. Hmm? So the way you make secret zikr is you remember Allah Ta'ala secretly. That means nobody else will know. So you make zikr in a way that your mother and father don't know. You make zikr in a way that the other kids in the classroom don't know. Or you make zikr in a way that kiram and katibin, the angels, they don't know. Yes. It comes in hadith that there will be a person who stands on the day of judgment and then they'll open his book of deeds and then there'll be something there and the angels will have written what? That Ya Allah, sometime from this person, sometime from this young boy, there was a sweet fragrance that would come. But we didn't know what he was doing. So we just wrote that there's some sweet fragrance coming from them, but we don't know what it is. So Allah Ta'ala will have to himself give the reward for this on the day of judgment. So Allah Ta'ala will tell the angels, yes, this was the sweet fragrance that came when my servant was remembering me in their hearts secretly. So your secret love. And it's very important because everybody will have a secret love. Yes. Young men fall in love. You will have a secret love. It's your choice. You want to make your secret love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you want to make your secret love something from creation. So when you make the secret zikr, then Allah Ta'ala becomes your secret love. So the secret zikr can be done while playing football, it can be done while in the classroom, it can be done when eating, it can be done when playing, it can be done when visiting cousin's house. You can make the secret zikr anytime, all the time you want. And the way you make the secret zikr is that in your heart you simply remember Allah. That's it. You just have to remember Him. Think about him. Remember that he is looking at you. Remember that he is near you. Maybe you just think about his name. Maybe you just remember his name. Allah. You can do that while running down the field. You can do that while visiting your friends. The more you put the remembrance of Allah's name in your heart, the more you will be protected from everything in this world. You should imagine this like your shield. So if you have your shield, then you're protected. And if the shields are down, then you're not protected. Hmm? So you want to keep your shield up all the time. By making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. So if you love Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and you love his sunnah, you should ask your older brothers or your parents, or your teachers to tell you stories. 
stories about the Prophet stories about the rest of the Anbiya, stories about Sahaba, and stories about Oliya. And you should keep learning these stories, keep thinking about these stories, until you start dreaming about these stories. Then inshallah that will be your story. Then the Sunnah will be the story of your life. Wilayat, Wali means to be the friend of Allah Ta'ala, to be the best friend of Allah Ta'ala. That will be the story of your life. Hmm? There is no friend better than Allah. There is no being worthy of being your best friend except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are very happy you came to us on this night and you keep coming anytime you want. Whether you want to come at night, you want to come in the day, you want to just sit for a few minutes in masjid, you want to sit in the program. And we have our young fine friend here, Sheikh Umar Mukhtar. Young man, he's here for you. Hmm? You want to meet him, you want to play with him, you want to talk to him, you want to cuddle with him, you want to tickle him. Huh? He's here for you, mashallah. Huh? Maybe you can sit with him. And you learn some story. He grew up in Pakistan, far away place. So what's it like to be a young man in Pakistan? How did he find Allah Ta'ala? What did he do when he was 14? What did he do when he was 16? What did he do when he was 18? You can get good stories from him. And if you're really nice, he may even tell you one or two stories about us and our Shaykh and Hazrati Dham Barakatum. Hmm? Subhanallah. Hmm? Maybe Allah Ta'ala sent him for you. Hmm? So you should spend time, you should get to know. If you're 12, you should know the 20-year-old. If you're 15, you should get to know the 25-year-old. If you're 18, you should get to know the 28-year-old. Try to keep company with those who are older than you. Because they're more wise, they're more mature, they're more intelligent. They can help you, they can guide you, they can protect you, they can befriend you. Hmm? So you should look up. Always look up and always look ahead. May Allah Ta'ala accept your coming. We make a lot of dua for all of you and for all of your friends and your cousins and your classmates and your neighbors. And we have great hope from Allah Ta'ala that He will raise from you, young boys of Stenger, great mu'mineen, salihin mu'mineen, muttaqeen mu'mineen, that He will raise from you some of His truest lovers and He will make you from His truest beloveds وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين مجد وآخر الشدرين سبحان ربنا وبحمد اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين يا رب كريم it is one of those nights that might be Laylatul Qadr يا رب كريم you are the being of Qadr يا الله we ask that you direct all of your power and all of your mercy to the hearts of these children and the hearts of all of the children of the Ummah يا رب كريم protect them from every fitna protect them from every sin protect them from the ills of this society from all of the fashion media culture technology. Ya Rabbi Kareem, adorn their hearts with deen. Fill their hearts with deen. Connect their hearts to deen. Make it easy for them to be on deen. Remove the laziness in the life. Remove the laziness in the heart. Remove the laziness in the day. Remove the laziness of the night. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from the sins of night. Protect us from forgetting you in the cover of the night. Protect us from forgetting you when we are alone. Ya Rabbi Kareem, raise from them those people. Man khashya rahmana bil ghayb. 
who they are fearful of you, all merciful you, when they are alone, when you are unseen. Protect them from the sins of the screen. Protect them from all the sins that their elders made. Make them pure. Keep them masum. Keep them on Surat Mustaqim. Grant them Hidayah. Ya Allah, we ask especially that those who have passed the age of 12, near the age of 20, in their early 20s, protect us from our nafs. Protect us from the whispering of the nafs. Protect us from the trials of the nafs. Make us chaste, Ya Rabb. Make each and every one of us, like Sayyidina Yusuf, grant us that same haya, that same modesty, that same purity, that same humility. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect them, Ya Allah. Guide them, Ya Allah. Preserve them, Ya Allah. Dear the children of the Ummah of your beloved Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Rabbi Nabi Kareem, he loved the youth of Makkah. He yearned for the youth of Makkah. He desired deen for the youth of Makkah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you have bestowed your deen on these youth. Ya Rabbi Kareem, raise from them a youth that would make Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu happy. Make them a youth that would make him proud. Make them a youth that would please you. Make them a youth, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that earn your mercy and love. Ya Rabbi Kareem, unite us in this love. Join us on this love. Protect us from every false love. Protect us from every fake love. Guide us to every true love. Grant us every pure love. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that if any one of them have any difficulty in their life, difficulty in their home, difficulty in their family, send your nur on their heart. Send your peace on their heart. Be their guardian if they have none. Be their friend if they have none. Be their helper when they see none. Show them light when they see none. Show them help when they see none. Ya we make dua for their parents, Ya love. Put the parents on deen. Put the parents in love with each other. Put the love and peace and harmony in the homes again. Ya some of us may come from broken families, heartbroken families. Have mercy, Ya Rabb. Some may be yateem. Some are half yateem. Protect us, Ya Rabb. Put nur on our homes again. Grant us the same family life that you granted to Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and Azwaj Mutaharat, Ummahat Mu'mineen. Grant us the same family life that you bestowed upon the Sahaba Sahabiyat. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us be strong in our deen, strong in our family, strong in our homes. Ya Rabbi, ask that you put barakah in their learning, barakah in their memory, barakah in their intelligence. Let them achieve in school. Let them succeed in Darululum. Grant them the knowledge of deen, the knowledge of dunya. Grant them a bright future, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, ask that you accept all the du'as of all of the mothers for all of the children of this ummah, all of the du'as of all of the fathers, for all of the children of this ummah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, in this month of Ramadan, send your special rahmah, your special karam, your special fuzzle on these youth. Make each and every one from those youth who give their youth to you and gather them all under the shade of your arsh on that day of judgment, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta samiyul adeem. وَتُمْوَ لَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى حَبِيبِهِ سَيْدْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاهِمِينَ آمين الحمد لله وكفى السلام على عباده الذين استفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا وإن الله لمع المحسنين 
سبحان ربك رب العزت اما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله استمنت رمضان in the 23rd night of ramadan and the night before juma allah akbar so it's a blessed month and a blessed time and a blessed night that we have great hope that ya rab you chose to keep us in your masjid in this blessed night you chose to keep us in your masjid in this blessed night we have hope that ya rabbi kareem will send all of his blessings on our heart you want to spend this night in ibadah you want to spend this night in worship You want to spend this night in zikr. So I don't want to take so much of your time. But I wanted to clarify a few things about this path of zikr. First thing is that normally a person wants to make lot of tilawat to Quran in the month of Ramadan. And you may have observed we keep telling you to do muraqabah here. So the question arises sometimes in a person that should I recite Qur'an or should I make muraqabah? We weren't able to tell you beforehand, but I'm telling you now and I'm also saying this for the record for future, that what we used to do is we used to try to make one khatam and we used to try to complete our recitation once of Qur'an before we would go for itikaf. So that at least in the month of Ramadan we had completed our recitation once of Qur'an. And then we would sit with itikaf with our shaykh, we would practice our muraqabah. We would still read a little Qur'an, but mostly would work on muraqabah. Why? Because muraqabah is something not just that you will practice, but you've come here to learn muraqabah. You see now, you don't need to learn how to recite Qur'an. You know how to do that. You don't need to learn how to make istighfar, tasbih. You know how to do that. You don't need to learn how to make tasbih of durtri if you know how to do that. But we need to learn how to make muraqabah. We need this muraqabah to open up for us in the heart. Now the best chance you have for that is doing it in a place like this, etikaf, because you're in khalwa, like I mentioned to you in the first night, you're in seclusion, you have solitude, you're in retreat from the world, you have barakat, you're in etikaf, you have a greater chance and likelihood to be able to focus and concentrate in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name in your heart. So you want to take advantage of that time. You can imagine like this is very similar to the situation that if a person is in Makkah Mukarramah, so the Abzal Ibadah, according to all ulama, the best act you can do there is to make Tawaf. As much Tawaf as you can. Make Tawaf, make Tawaf, make Tawaf, make Tawaf. Then if a person tires of that, then you shift to other Ibadat. So then you might recite Quran, then you may recite Durut Sharif, then you might recite Salawat, then you may make Istikfar, then you may do other things. But then as soon as you get the strength again, make tawaf. As soon as you're able again, make tawaf. As soon as if you're unable to make with the rest, the rest goes down a bit, make tawaf. So much so that we've seen even some mashayik and ulama, they go there and they change their sleeping schedule so that they can make more tawaf. So what does it mean? They try to sleep at those times when there's maximum rush. And they try to be awake at those times when there's least rush. So that in the less rush they can make even more tawaf. And they call it in Urdu, Din or Raat ko ek banana. Din ko Raat or Raat ko Din. Means they make their days into nights and their nights into days for the sake of being able to make more tawaf. So something similar, not exactly, but similar to that. 
is when you make sunnah itikaf in this khanqa, that you now you have this opportunity, you have an extra thing here. Your recitation here and at home is not going to be too different. It will be a bit different, but not as different as your muraqaba year-round was and your zikr here is going to be. So you're here to practice muraqaba, to learn muraqaba, to go deep into muraqaba. That said, there may be some of you who have not yet done the khatam of your Qur'an. So it really depends how much is left. And by the way, I'm talking like this, but there is no as such prescribed thing strictly in Sharia that you must recite the Qur'an Kareem entirely once in Ramadan. But it's considered recommended and preferred. So if you have, but some of you may be very behind. Some of you may be in the state that there's seven days left and you have 20-something juz left. So that's a lot to recite. And we have kept you in a program of bayan and majlis. So that means in all your free time you will be reciting Qur'an. So I would say no. So please don't misunderstand or misquote me on this. Huh? That he came and told us not to recite Qur'an. Allah Akbar Kabira. We have to be careful sometimes. Some people have an uncanny ability to misunderstand and misrepresent. Hmm? I'm telling you. In Imam al-Rabbani Ramtale, Shaykh Ahmed Sirhindi Ramtale, Mujaddid al-Fisani Ramtale explained, wrote clearly in his maktubat that for the beginner on the spiritual path of tazkiyah, making muraqaba is more beneficial. And then the person who is mutawasit and the intermediate, for them recitation of Qur'an is more beneficial. And for the person who reaches the advanced stage, for them praying nawafil, nafil salah is more beneficial. Do I will explain? Because in Qur'an, what does Allah Ta'ala say? So in the Qur'an, there is a zikra, nasiha, guidance, counsel. But who will get that? Whose heart will be changed from that recitation? لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبُ That person who has a heart when they recite. That person whose heart is in it. Now our problem is we recite Qur'an, but our heart isn't in it. Our heart isn't present. So you recite with your tongue. You get the ajr, the sawab, the reward, the blessings. But that shifa, shifa for the kulub, that healing of the hearts, that doesn't take place. That is why today we have this another problem. That there's so many people who are hufaz, who have sins in their life. But they don't recite Quran. Of course they recite Quran. I'm not talking about those hufaz who never recite and forgot. No, no. We have cases, not one or two, dozens upon dozens of cases of Hufals who do recite Qur'an, who do review their Qur'an, but notwithstanding that memorization and that recitation, they're still caught up in different sins. So what does it mean? Their heart must not be in that recitation. It means that recitation isn't penetrating, isn't entering their heart. So you can imagine like this, that their heart is blocked their heart is clogged. So then they need to make some other exercise to unclog that heart, to unplug that heart. That exercise and that process is called muraqaba. That exercise and process is zikr kalbi. That process is doing the zikr of Allah's name from the heart. So maybe even there may be some like that here in this one itikaf. So we need to unclog that heart. You remember last year I told you example and once a person, he came to our shaykh and I was sitting there and I witnessed this. And first he told Hazaji that I make so many thousands of times salawat durud sharif a day. And then next sentence he mentioned some sins. Ajeeb. Unmentionable sin, put it that way. Unspeakable sin. Allah Akbar. But he was true, he was sincere. He came for his islah, he came for tazkiyah. 
Tuhar Shaykh spoke to him lovingly, guided him, and then he left. But then I asked Shaykh, the Shaykh, I don't understand. First sentence he told you that he's making thousands of times salawat durshif a day. Next sentence he told you, unspeakable sin. How is it possible? So Shaykh explained that because he's reciting it with his tongue. If he had recited Drood Salawat once with the feeling in his heart, that may have been enough to save him. So it means our heart is missing. Same thing, look at our fard now. Now I was talking about dhikr, that's optional. Let's look at what's fard, our salah, required salah. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. That indeed the salah will stop you, prevent you from fahsha, from shameless, immodest, crude sin, and from munkar, from everything repudiated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what do we find? The people who they pray salah and they sin. They pray regularly. They pray five times salah. And they've been praying five times salah for months and years. But still, someone's involved in sin of lust. Someone has sin of anger. Someone has sin of adultery. Someone has sin of lying. Still sinning. Even though they're praying fard salah, fard. Why? Why? The Quran is correct. Inna salata tanha. So what does it mean? Their heart isn't in it. Their heart isn't present in that salah. Their body is making salah. Their tongue is making salah. But their heart is not making salah. So there must be some process. Again, heart is clogged. Heart is clogged. There must be some process to un-declog, unclutter that heart. That process is called zikr kalbi. That process is called muraqabah. That's why Imam Rabbani <coughs> That's why Imam Rabbani said that for the beginner, muraqabah is more beneficial. Because it's the base, it's the prerequisite to get the full benefit from the other ibadat. And then when a person does that, what does it mean, muraqabah? When a person can train their heart to remember Allah, when they can put their heart into their ibadah, when they're no longer heartless, they're now heartfelt in their relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when that person reads Quran, then what happens? Mudallin muttaqeen. Liman kanaluhu kalb. Or then they get the nur of Quran, the fez of Quran, they get the spiritual brilliant light of Quran, they get the benefits of Quran then that recitation changes them. Just the recitation changes them. So then they should recite more and more and more and keep reciting, keep reciting more. And then when they recite Quran more and more and get that nur in their heart, now they're ready for the next phase which is nawafil. Now their zikr is just this, they just pray nafil salah. And this was the maqam of sahaba. If you look sahaba ikram, they didn't make muraqabah, they didn't do these things. They didn't need to do these things. They were straight. They went to advanced level. Why? Because they did another thing that me and you can't do. And that is called Sobat Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So understand that Sahabe Kram had a method of Tazkiyah which me and you don't have that method. And for them the method of Tazkiyah was to be in the Sohbah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when they put them, and what happened? It was about the heart because when they put themselves in his company then the nur that was in his heart it went to their heart. That's how they got this done. But we have to get it done through Muraqabah because we don't have Sohbat Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We don't have that. So we have to go through a process. Just like Sahaba Ikram, they simply sat there and they learned all the sunnah. Me and you want to learn the sunnah, we have to go through a process. 
that's called hadith course, hadith books, hadith texts, a nisab curriculum of hadith. We have to go through a process now to get that same knowledge of sunnah that they had. They didn't have to go through that process. So we have to go through a process. So that what there must be, there must be some process. Because we are also responsible for the same thing they're responsible for. What is that? What Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ بِقَلْبٍ That you must bring to Allah Ta'ala a pure heart on that day. We're equally mukallaf, we're equally duty-bound to purify that heart. So Sahaba got that purification of heart from Soba to Rasul. That's what Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Oh, you will do their tazkiyah. Subhanallah. وَيُزَكِّهِمْ نَبِيَ كَرِيمُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ وسلم, did تَسْكِيَ of sahaba. So we don't have that. So when you make muraqabah, that is the process that the heart gets purified, the heart gets connected, the heart starts becoming present in salah, the heart starts becoming aware when you pray salah, the heart becomes aware when you recite Qur'an. Then they recite Qur'an, then they pray nafil. So if you look, that's what Sahaba did. If you want to see, what zikr did the Sahaba do? All night, half the night, two-thirds the night, praying salah. But it combines all three. Because they were praying salah, they were reciting Qur'an in salah, they were reciting Qur'an in salah with a heart that was remembering Allah. So actually they were doing all three. Their heart was making zikr, remembering Allah Ta'ala. They were reciting Qur'an and they did both of these things inside salah. So we are going to have to build it. It's like building blocks. So we start at the first block. Heart remembering Allah. We're on step one right now. Making our heart zakir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when the heart becomes zakir of Allah ta'ala, then we add the second block, which is recitation of Qur'an. Then when we get trained to recite Qur'an with a heart that is remembering Allah ta'ala, then we add the third block, which is to recite Qur'an with a heart remembering Allah ta'ala inside nafil salah. So we're going step by step. So actually is, this is what our Mashaikh they understood. They took the Tazkiyah model of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what the Sahaba had and they made it into steps for us. Sahaba didn't have to go through those steps because they went, what we call yakja, they went all, they went in an instant. They were transported in an instant due to the nur of the Sahaba of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now different mashayikh, they made different steps for this. So mashayikh at Chish, they made different step-by-step process. Mashayikh at Naqshiban, they made different step-by-step process. Mashayikh at Qadri Sulsa, they made different step-by-step process. Like similarly, you can study one curriculum of hadith. Muhaddisin made other curriculums. There are different books of hadith. There are different ways, sequences to study that. Different step-by-step processes. But if you reach the end, you get the ilm of sunnah. Same, the Mashaik method of Tazkiyah, different step-by-step processes. If you reach the end, you get that Tazkiyah. You can imagine another way, that the top of the mountain is called Taqwa. We need to climb. Hmm? Sahaba, they had elevator. It's called Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Sohba. They just took Iman, entered the elevator of his Sohba, and he took them straight up to the top of the mountain. Yes, every single Sahabi is a wali of Allah Ta'ala. You must understand this. It's not just talking to you like that. Every single Sahabi was a wali of Allah Ta'ala. Every single Sahabi reached the top of the mountain. Every Sahaba was the greatest wali of Allah Ta'ala. Any one Sahabi on one side, 
all the other awliya after sahaba on the other side, that one sahabi is more, all those other awliya are less. They were at the top of the mountain. Top, peak of the mountain. And they got there through the sobah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa We were not blessed to be in that time. So it means you have to climb. We have to climb the mountain. So our mashayikh, what did they do? They were also kamilin, muttaqeen, salihin, siddiqeen. They also get at the top of the mountain. So what did they do? They saw me and you at the bottom. They looked down, they saw me and you. So one of them threw a rope. Another one threw another rope. Another one made another path. So there are different ways to get to the top. Different ways to get to the top. But all the paths are going in the same direction. And the Kamaleen, Siddiqeen, Mashaykh, Tariqat, Awliya, they're all at the top. They're the same. Yes, sometimes this path is a little bit different. This path is a little bit different. This path is 20 steps. This path covers the same distance in 15 steps. This path has 30 steps. This path has these type of turns. That path has that type of turns. That path is made up of wood. This path is made up of marble. This path is made up of stone. There's some different features of the path. That's all it is. But you should be happy. All you want to do is start climbing. That's it. Our job is to climb and climb and keep climbing. But there's some people, they get confused about these things. So they do what we call, they make tawaf at the bottom of the mountain. They don't climb. They just make tawaf. Sometimes they look at this path. They say, it looks nice. It has wood. seems to be going to the top. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm ready. So they keep making tawaf. Then they see another one. This one is made up of rock, granite. seems to be nice. Maybe I should know. Let me wait. They just keep making tawaf. So they're also moving, but they're not moving with direction. So you need movement and you need direction. Hmm? SubhanAllah. Vectors. Huh? Young men studying physics. You need movement and you need direction. Movement without direction, no good. Knowing direction without movement, ulama, listen. Knowing direction without movement, not good. <laughs> you need movement and direction. No hmm? hukmah. So these are mashayikh. Mashayikh, they laid out a path called tariqa, and it was aligned with the sharia, so you got movement and direction. Ansar hmm? Shaykh explained it beautifully, that when he went to the airport, so there was that moving walkway. So he said, but this is tariqa. Hmm? Ah, moving walkway. So one is walking without the moving walkway, and one is getting on the moving walkway. So the moving walkway means we're having sobat of shaykh, silsila tariqat that helps you move faster because it's giving you movement and giving you direction. Allahu hmm? Akbar, subhanAllah. Can you imagine in a place like an airport, huh? getting the manifat of, seeking the manifat of Allah Ta'ala, discovering manifat of Allah Ta'ala. Hmm? It's very important that a person should adopt a path and you start climbing, you start moving. It's not just enough to enter the path. You must move. Movement and direction. Movement and direction. Movement and direction. So that's what you're focusing on here. So this is a special thing. You're here to increase your movement. You're here to learn more about the direction. This is why we push you. Make more Merakaba. Make more Merakaba. Make more Merakaba. We say, So that you're 
vehicle starts moving. Hmm? Otherwise, people are just coasting, cruising, stuck in neutral. Hmm? So this is why Mashaik they called this path Suluk. Suluk means to journey. Salik is the traveler. So they're trying to give us that feeling that keep moving. You're journeying, wayfarer, traveler on the path. Hmm? You're journeying, wayfaring, traveling on the path. So our Mashaik in Akshaband, they teach this path of Zikra Kalbi. They go straight to the heart. Fix the problem where it is. Hmm? Because our problem is not that our tongue doesn't know how to make zikr. Everybody here can make zikr of the tongue. You don't need to learn that from me. If I told you to recite Dirut Shreef 10,000 times, that's separate whether you have the stamina to do it or not. But there's nothing to learn about that. You can recite it. You all know how to recite it. If I tell you to recite Quran for five hours, there's nothing to learn about that. You can recite it. If I say, do this tasbih la ilaha illallah 10,000 times, you have the ability to recite it. But if I say, remember Allah Ta'ala from your heart in a way that you can't think about anything else, you can't do it. <laughs> you don't have the ability to do that. You need to learn it. You need to practice it. That's what we tell you to do, Muraqaba. So you are learning, practicing, learning, practicing, learning, practicing. You keep learning. Don't worry, you may not get the hang of it the first night. Or you may not get hang of it even in ten nights. But you keep learning, keep practicing, keep learning, keep practicing, keep learning, keep practicing. Inshallah Ta'ala, this heart will open up. Then you will get the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Then once you experience it, you won't need us to explain it anymore. You won't need explanation after explanation. Like Imam Ghazali Ramtai said, that if a person has not tasted a mango, so how, what, you will explain it. So it's yellow, it's soft, it's sweet, it's succulent, it's juicy. Still, if a person hasn't tasted it, they can't fully understand. The day they taste the mango, they don't need any of your descriptions anymore. So then what do we want? I don't want to keep describing it to you. I want you to taste it. I want you to experience it for yourself. So how are you going to taste it? How are you going to experience it? Or are you going to have to do one to two hours of muraqaba every day? Yes, you will have to do one to two. And those of you who are older, two to three hours. Yes, those of you who are new, one to two hours. Huh? Subhanallah well, is saying, that wasn't on the poster. Huh? Akbar? <laughs> huh? Subhanallah? Hmm? Unless the word Nakshabandi was there, that's enough. Hmm. Let's see what it means. Nakshaband. As a Shabahaudi Nakshaband Bukhairam Tari, Naksh means the script, the written script of Ismi Jalala Allah. Band means to inscribe and imprint. So they called him Nakshaband because he used to inscribe and imprint this name of Allah in the spiritual hearts of the people. Allah Akbar. وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكْ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكْ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا It's Qur'an. Make zikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. Hmm? If you're new, start with one hour. Try to sometimes reach two hours in the course of these ten days. And if you're not new, if you've been with us a little bit, hmm? Shaykh Yusri Al-Qari Al-Mukri, Hmm? 
then you need to do two to three hours. Two to three hours a day. Subhanallah. Then you will get a feel. Hmm? It's not going to happen like this, that okay, I do it ten minutes in the morning and ten minutes in the evening. You can never learn any. It's about learning. Remember, it's not about reciting. You see the zikr of the tongue, you can do that ten minutes morning, ten minutes evening. You're here to learn muraqabah. Have you ever learnt anything like that? Can you learn a textbook? Can you say, I read the chemistry textbook for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening? Can you learn like that? Hmm? Can you learn tafsir like that? 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening. You can't learn. Learning requires hours. You have to sit and one to two hours you do it. One to two hours you focus. That's called learning. So you've come here for learning muraqabah. We invited you here to learn muraqabah. We traveled here so you could learn Muraqabah. So sit and learn. Sit and learn. Keep trying, keep learning, keep sitting, keep trying. I feel nothing, keep sitting. I fall sleepy, keep sitting. My mind is wandering, keep sitting. I get different thoughts, keep sitting. It's part of the process. You have to go through a process. Don't you see the students will know? They say, open the book, my mind wanders. They say, okay, close the book, drop out of school. Will anybody talk like that to you? Huh? They're getting happy. They say, we wish somebody would say that to us. Huh? So nobody talks like that. So, so what if your mind wanders? That doesn't mean you stop. You say, I opened the book, I fell sleepy. We keep reading. Keep studying. Shabash. Or paro. Masha, the hips instructors. Huh? Figuratively, I'm saying. Hmm? They can push you, keep memorizing, keep memorizing, keep sitting, keep memorizing. So we're saying the same thing to you. Hmm? They were trying to get you to learn the words of Qur'an. We're trying to get you to learn the feelings of Qur'an. So you know the effort it takes to memorize the words of Qur'an? Hmm? You've seen it. If you're not Hafiz, you would have friends, you've seen it. So can you imagine the effort it will take to learn the feelings of Qur'an? Hmm? So you have to do it. So it's about learning. You should make this zikr. This is why we take our mashayikh. They're the guides. They push us in the movement and they push us in the direction. Hmm? They push us in the movement. They push us in the direction. So you should make this effort and make dua to Allah Ta'ala also on this night. Make dua to Allah Ta'ala also on this night. That Ya Rabbi Kareem, if this is that night, then it's khairum min alfi shahr. And if I sit for one, two hours on this night, it will be like I sat one to two hours in zikr for 83 years consecutively. Hmm? I should make this, this is why it's a special chance. Because this takes time. I'm telling you, learning Muraqabah takes time. But Allah Ta'ala is magnifying the time in these last 10 days. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala is mag- learning recitation. You've already learned it. You don't need time to learn it. You've learned how to recite Qur'an. You've learned how to make tasbihat. Now come and learn how to make muraqabah. And use the barakah of this time to learn how to make muraqabah. So may Allah Ta'ala accept this need from us. May Allah Ta'ala accept us on this night. May he accept us for every night in this itikaf. May He grant us that little tukadr that we've come seeking, that we've come searching for. May Allah, out of His infinite mercy, He can make every odd night a little tukadr for us. Wa and alhamdulillah, bin Before we end with dua, we're going to make short zikr. Before we make zikr, we're going to recite the sentences of Tawbah. Some of you are new, we also recite kalimat of bayt. 
Bayat means a person wants to begin this journey, they want to start the process, they want to enroll themselves, they want to become student of zikr, they want this zikr, muraqaba, feeling of Allah's name to come into their heart. So it's an expression to Allah Ta'ala that you became, this is what I want for myself. I see no ability in me, I see no hope in me, but I hope, Ya Rabb, that if I express this commitment to you, if I attach my heart to a shaykh in line of mashaykh and come to these gatherings, listen to their teachings, practice the zikr they instruct, I hope, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that my heart will also become full of love for you. So you make this intention in your heart. Those who wish to make only the intention of Tawbah, they can do that. And those who want to make the intention of Bayat, that they want to learn the zikr, they should make that intention in their heart and repeat these words after me. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah Amantu Billahi Wa Malaikatihi Wa Kutubihi Wa Rusulihi Wal Yawmil Akhiri Wal Qadri Khayrihi Wa Sharrihi Min Allahi Ta'ala Wal Ba'thi Ba'dal Maut Amantu Billahi Kama Huwa Bismaihi Bussifatihi Wakabiltu Jamia Ahkamihi Ikrodum Bilisani Wutasdikum Bilkalb Ashadamana Ilaha Illallahu Washadu Anna Muhammadan Abduhu Wadasulu Astagfirullaha Rabbi Min Kulli Dhanbin Wa Atubu Ilay Wa Sallallahu Ta'ala Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Ajma'een Birahmatika Ya Arhamar Rahimeen Amen Those of you who recited these words with Niyat and Bayat simply means you must practice this Muraqab every day you must try to remember Allah Ta'ala in your heart all the time along with everything you do you should try to recite Quran every day you should make hundred times istighfar astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbi wa atubu ilayh and you should make hundred times dirutrif every day allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad wa barik wasallam then you are here and you keep coming in these 10 days and then inshallah we will mention to you over time we have friends of ours colleagues of ours in same path of zikr. So there's majlis that takes place in Johannesburg, majlis that takes place in Cape Town, different majlis. So you will have this opportunity to follow up and follow through so that there's a weekly gathering somewhere near you. And if you live in some more remote area, then we also do a weekly online gathering. So you can join that and you keep connected, you keep learning, you keep practicing, you keep learning. It's a learning process. It takes time. It takes time. But we begin at the beginning. So you close your eyes, make some rakamah, 
bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world, making it that you're turning your heart to remember your Rabb, you want to get heartfelt zikr, you want to have your heart in the zikr, that you're a bikrim, I want to forget everything, remove every other feeling from my heart, strip my entire being of every single thing, except my awareness of you, my longing for you, except my zikr of your name, that my spiritual heart, the heart of my ruh, my kalb is silently calling your name, as if my kalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah.
بناتك من منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتبوا لنا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى رحبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحم الله من